Can you smell what tortoise in the hair are cooking? Boom. What's up, hair man? Hey, I thought the mission. What's good, Deuteronomy? Ah, oh, come on, man. Can't laugh that hard. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't get it, and then I got it. it was uh, anyone who doesn't know, abort the mission, abort the mission. Yeah, anyway. and, and anybody doesn't know, Thor, excuse me, Hair is wearing a tuxedo t-shirt at the moment, and he's looking extremely dapper. I like to party. What can I say? Eh, Dave's a party guy. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> we are back. Thortis in the Hair Show, episode 26, Chase Utley. How we feeling today, hair man? Beautiful I'm going to give outside. it to uh, DJ LeMayhew, not Chase Utley. So. I mean, it's but, definitely uh, Chase Utley, bro. Yeah, no, I mean, finally, we. this is this is day one of spring and on the East Coast, so I know, I know. It is feeling like it. It is gorgeous outside. We are doing an early show. I am pumped. So, dude, let's just hop right into it. You know, I don't like to waste time. Time kills all deals, brother. All right. I, all right. Got, my, I got my party pants on. Let's do this. And my party shirt on. <laughs> all right. So, dude, we had a major, like, zeitgeist event happened last week in terms of we had a little finale of the cultural phenomenon known as WandaVision. Real quick, is Zeitgeist one of your favorite words? I've heard you say it more on the show than I've ever heard you say it. You know why? Because I feel like it is easy to say because we talk a lot about trends and instead of saying like trends, I feel like Zeitgeist is uh, like the cultural Zeitgeist. Yeah, all right, I got you. But we did. We did have a pretty big Zeitgeist slash trend slash whatever happened last week. And I'll in the zeitgeist the zeitgeist is not a verb dude yeah 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 in, in the marvel universe whatever yes so dude wandavision happened the finale went down um i did not d- pull a early morning watch i you know had a lot going on cleaning some stuff out ended up watching in the afternoon it was pretty fantastic um not to say i did not have my qualms with it i definitely have a couple issues couple gripes couple what the heck are they thinking kind of things but uh but yeah i mean you know i can rabble on all day what did you think dude yeah i think that's a really good way to describe it because i'm in the same boat it was like yeah there's a lot of things that i wish could have been done differently but it's like overall that was a really great series and like i'm very satisfied with what i watched and very happy that i did it um i was in the same boat where I was kind of waiting on you and I was just like, okay, when Thor tells me what's going on, uh, I actually, I hit up Thor and I said, okay, when you're done, just give me a number. Don't tell me anything but a number. And, uh, you know, 45 minutes later, I get a text nine and I was like, yep, I'm in. Okay, let's do this. (laughs) So yeah, no, I mean, fantastic ending to a really great, great series. Uh, I think we were all wondering what was going to happen in Marvel TV show and they knocked it out of the park. It just yet again, I get, yep. you know, it, that would have been a billion dollar franchise had they put it into the movie theaters. Well, maybe not this year, but in, in general, yeah. Yeah. Bravo. I mean, not to say though, because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, and I'm sure people are going to do this now that everything's out, if they haven't already, they're going to cut it to where it's one big movie. And I think that's going to be really cool. And I guess that, you know, ties into everything else we talk about with the streaming stuff. I think that's going to be like, uh, another hey, you want to watch WandaVision again? Here's WandaVision, the movie experience. And like yeah, they put in sense. a couple things and you know, yeah, they incorporate a lot more that uh, maybe we didn't see the first round. But but no, I mean I thought it was great. I definitely think that Marvel still has a third act problem. Like, dude, I mean I love Marvel more than anybody, but I was just watching Captain Marvel the other day because I was trying to 
to be like, all right, maybe this movie isn't that bad. It's that bad. It's just not good, man. Uh, but yeah, but that movie has a major third act problem already because it just doesn't know what it wants to be. Uh, you know, there were some parts of this that I really, really, really enjoyed. And then I guess I was very disappointed by a lot of the reveals. Uh, and the director even said that we were going to be disappointed. So kind of had prepped myself for that. But, uh, but no, I mean, obviously hopping into it, spoilers right away. Uh, this is this is the act like this is definitely the third act of the movie because this is the action piece. Um, Paul Bettany definitely see this is what I've learned moving forward. I'm never going to listen to another rumor or anything else somebody on this uh, thing says because it was all lies. Yeah, it they got totally us. They got us pretty badly. It was pretty awesome. You I know, have a comparison that I'm gonna throw out there. Eventually. Yeah, well, obviously it started off with Paul Bettany saying that he's waiting his whole life to work with an actor. That actor was himself. So and he came out. He's like, Classic yeah, ball. you know when you say something that you think's going to be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happened. And then yeah, and, uh, instead, he put all the Marvel nerds down this giant rabbit hole that you know they came up all these different theories that right. You know, Really right. And, uh, you know, Elizabeth Olsen and all of them did it. Elizabeth Olsen saying that we had a Luke Skywalker level cameo. Uh, Tiana Paris, who plays Monica Rambeau, saying, hey, I can't wait for you guys to find out who the aerospace engineer is. Turns out the aerospace engineer literally was the uh, the other uh, woman from the army who helped her yeah, build, yeah. build the car. So I'm like, that's the most anticlimactic thing. Why would you? But see, here's where I disagree. They They said that there was no intention behind that. Then why zoom in on the phone? If my, you know, there was a clear, distinct, we are focusing in on who Monica is contacting and somebody that we had not met before, or only met for a hot second. So, you, you know, it's total misdirection. Yeah. And I, you know, I think they did that on purpose. Uh, I gave you the, this, this comparison, probably the, my, my happiest comparison I've ever made. You know, this reminded me of an, uh, spoilers for anyone who has been under a rock for the past five years, but this reminded me a lot of the first season of True Detective. Mm-hmm. where we literally, you know, it was a week-to-week every thing theory under the sun. that we could always think about what, what the next thing was going to come. And yeah, the theories that came out during that time, who the, the Yellow King was. And then when push came to shove, the Yellow King was, was, yeah, barely anything. And the guy who, you know, committed the murders was the most logical answer. At yes. The end. But like everybody loved true true detective season one because it was just the experience of being there and mm-hmm. you know as i think this is uh telling for marvel because they decided to do this in their first uh tv show where they they really understand that this is how it works this is how we consume media this is how we consume uh, our tv shows where if we if you can keep us talking the entire time we absolutely will and we will dig and we will go down these rabbit holes and we'll create these fan theories that nobody's even considering and then we'll put all of our our chips into those into those buckets and you know i think it's telling that we're all disappointed with where it ended but at the same time we're all hyped with how it ended because it was a very good show and same thing with true detective season one no i i totally agree and you know you see wanda go off and once again i mean it was 40 minutes this i mean it felt short really a lot of the fight was like 20 to 25 minutes whatever yeah absolutely i was Uh, blown away that it was over when it was yeah so a couple things that the things that really really impressed me was you know i liked the family aspect one line that really got me was um when vision was you know they're all sitting there about the fight because the military's coming in you have agnes or uh, agatha you have white vision um and they're like boys you know i know we never trained you how to do this but you were born for it and like him oh dude that was awesome that was an awesome scene like i wasn't on board with the whole family thing yet but seeing them together i'm like dude this is like this is you know it, it had 
I really like the Fantastic Four. So like the whole family aspect was really cool. But that line got me. That was sweet. Uh, and then did the whole uh, battle between Vision and you know the I'm just going to call him WandaVision because that's really what it is. Like like Vision and, and WandaVision. Um, was that it starts out as like this big CGI fight. You're seeing them phase through each other, that yada, yada, yada. But then it ends up in a library and it's all about the ship of Theseus. Yeah. Uh, genius. Yeah. Like that, that the was... only time I will say that like the last final battle of them just talking and logic makes so much sense for the character. I'm excited for all these kids who like that was their first ex- exposure to that that theory, and it's like, wait, you're talking about the one division theory? Uh, it's like, no, no, no. It was like a thing that came about, about you know two thousand years ago. But yeah, we're talking about the one division thing. So me, I I love Greek mythology. I and of course I know who Theseus is, but I never knew about the ship of Theseus. So the second they said it was hard for me to decipher what they were saying, just because like it's you know he's also British and like it's yeah. robotic. So I'm like, okay, let me just catch up. But the second I got it, I'm like, wow, mind like you talk about yeah, our, like one of our philosophy sessions. Oh yeah, know? oh like, yeah. That's a, that's a great topic, man. And you know, it's and it's talking about is the rotted wood his real ship or are the is is it more like the structure built with new planks? Um, yeah. So it's very much a metaphor and an analogy uh, symbolism of what these visions are right now. So I thought that was genius, and I thought the fact that Vision now implanted his old memories into the new Vision, setting up the future, so now he can go join West Coast Avengers or whatever the heck he's going to do, and him and Wanda will eventually get back together. You would hope. Uh, but now I, I thought it was great. And he's like, I am vision. So now that's a whole nother question mark, but I like how he bolts. I'm like, all right, man, like you're not going to stick around. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of bizarre. I, I was thrown off completely by the white vision, uh, plot. I'm so first off, where did that come to be? That's so one of yes. my gripes with all this is that I, you know, watched the first episode, watched the second episode, waited through the credits for the post-credit scenes that never came and just assumed that they weren't going to do post-credit scenes. And now I guess I missed a bunch in other yeah. post-credit scenes. So I, like, guess we didn't talk, I guess we didn't talk about that. Uh, yeah, so and yes, I'm like really mad about this. Uh, you know, uh, you're going to show me seven minutes worth of credits. Like, I'm not going to sit through that if I'm, assume, if I'm assuming there's no scene. But that is a I huge some qu- That's a huge question mark. I wonder why they did that because... Because that is the biggest gripe, I think, out of the series, just from a watching standpoint. Yeah, it stinks that we have to watch week to week, but at the same time, you know, it was a hype every every week. But the fact that we had to sit through six or seven minutes of credits, like, come on, man, that's not cool. Yeah, no, it was terrible. And yeah. like, I I remember I watched this last episode, and I was like, I guess I missed stuff in previous post credits, and I better watch this one. And then you know, oh yeah, yeah. So the- basically, they were just looking for a power source, and uh, and they used the. Um, the little drone that Monica had sent in previously, like for the eighties to infiltrate mm-hmm. that they, that they got back and had some of Wanda's pageant, like power still flowing through it. Mm-hmm. So they used that power to power up the new vision gotcha. uh, and they programmed him. Uh, like you see him light up and you know, he's ready to roll. So now he's working for sword, but then you know, he realized what's up. Such a huge thing. Like, how are you just going to not really give that to, to the audience? Yeah. And, and I have, I have to say, Real, I love this series. Don't get me wrong, and I, you know we're still going to wrap up talking about what else happened in the episode. But uh, I watch and listen to the uh, Fat Man Beyond podcast with Kevin Smith. Um, okay, and he had the director from this on there for like an hour. So okay. it turns out the director Matt Shackman was on sitcoms in the eighties and nineties. Was on some of the ones that we're referencing. So he was nice. a great reference to that as far as that standpoint. Um, huge superhero head, but a lot of this stuff he said was in, unintentional. Like all the commercials. 
you know, people theorized that those were Wanda's parents, which didn't end up being true. Yeah. And then there was a lot of theories that each one represented like um, one of the infinity stones, which he said okay. was not true. And it was essentially just all this whole thing was about grief. So it, it brings me to uh, a really, it's a weird point now. Cause it's like, does this set the precedent moving forward? Like if they stay on this week to week structure, are they still going to not put anything behind all of this? Like all the theories that we had, does that influence them to now say like everything that they do will have like eight different layers to it? Yeah. That, no, you know I, what I, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if, if, if you're bouncing that to me, in my opinion, I feel like this is something that works for WandaVision because it, it works into the, the mystique so much, but then, you know, you got to imagine Falcon winter soldier. There's going to be a whole lot of less, mystique and a whole lot of you know punching people in the face so so you say that but there's a couple people on the show that have already said that like the theories are going to be like triple the times the amount as wandavision yeah so i wonder if that's like the the case of it's you know happening because it's happening or it's happening because the marvel audience at this point has so much to dig into they they have to dig so it's like you know you, you put in a little thing the uh you know Again, back to the true detective stuff. It's like all the joke theories that people made where it's like, oh, look, there, there's the yellow king in the background. And it's like, oh, well, people are just going to do that now because it's the fun thing to do. Make up the, the newest fan theory and, you know, get your name out there. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I uh, a lot of the fan theories, that, and that's kind of what's disappointing is that I'm not saying this guy didn't make a great show because it was all about Wanda and Vision and the stages of grief, but it's like I'm disappointed that so many people, and you know, I'm looking at your note, and it's exactly what I feel. It's like... I'm so disappointed because it could have been so much better. And it's so, like, you know, they're thinking about this at some point. I didn't do too much digging into fan theories because I did want to really enjoy this. If you get to redo this series, what's the one fan theory that you are implementing? Uh, it's very hard between see the Mephisto thing is still very possible. I probably would back off the Mephisto thing and the Evan Peters thing is really rubbing me the wrong way. Oh I, man! I, stop, hair. Like, oh dude, man, dude, it's my Only biggest gripe with this. After I finished, <sighs> it's the and they can always retcon it to where you know a lot of speaking of fan theories, you know, we find out just a preliminary if you haven't seen it or you want to talk about it. We find out he's a struggling actor who owns Agatha's house, and he is Ralph Agatha's husband, who we've been hearing about the whole time, and his name is Ralph Boner, like. I get it. It's supposed to be funny. <laughs> well, no, there was a character in Growing Pains whose nickname was Boner. So that was okay. supposed to be like a play on that. And it was gotcha. supposed to be funny. But like, come on. Like, I get like, you know, being tongue in cheek and trolling the fans and stuff. But that is such a monstrous move that there's no way they do that without there being other stuff behind it. Evan Peters is not done, man. I don't believe it for uh, yeah, one I second. Hope to, hope to the high heaven because I'm so angry about that. It was just like... I, you know, I remember her answering the door and seeing uh, Evan Peters and being mm-hmm. like, they're actually doing it. Oh, my gosh. So if, you know, we were 10 years down the road and I look back and I'm like, hey, Thor, remember when Evan Peters was in WandaVision that we never saw him again in the, the Marvel yes, universe? Dude, I, I don't think that they would have done that. They're, they're honestly Kevin Feige and the whole squad over there because, you know, I know them personally, clearly. Yeah, yeah, your uh, boy Feige. Yeah, KF, dude. Uh, <laughs> basically, they plan this out decades ahead. So they have the next, you know, three phases general, generally mapped out. So I guarantee you they didn't want to drop a massive villain like Mephisto or somebody in this 
yeah, specific series. One. Yeah. You know, and they always use an excuse, oh, well, we really want to focus on these characters. But yet, you know, you set Monica up for failure because guess what, dude? She was like the third lead in this series, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And you set her up. And basically, you know, it's, it's just a, a volley to Doctor Strange 2 and a volley to Captain Marvel. And a volley to Secret Invasion, the new show, because at the end we see Monica Rambeau and Nick Fury is basically requesting her to come up to his sword station. Yeah. So I, there's a lot. But guess what? A lot of things, you know, other than the Quicksilver stuff, let's wrap that up. I don't think they're going to let it go. I think they somehow pitch it that, like, Ralph was Jimmy Woo's witness, and that's the reason why he was there. And maybe he, like, came through the multiverse or so, somebody did something. You know how that goes, man. Yeah. Or or he's just the you know this version of Quicksilver and the other Quicksilver comes through and it's like hey man what's your name not Ralph Boner you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like that kind of thing so yeah. i don't think they're letting it go i just think it's a total cop out man because they built up to it so much and made such a big deal out of it they dressed him up as Quicksilver for god's sakes yeah are you worried at all that maybe we're just getting this is a huge trolling and we're putting too much faith in the, the Marvel executives and they're just going to happily do the next however many series movies and be like, sorry guys. Yeah, gotcha. I, that would be that would I would really hate that. That would be the most epic prank of all time for the record. Mm -hmm. But I agree I would be furious. Because that. here's the deal, you still need a speedster in this universe. And unless it's just gonna be uh speed who is, you know, Wanda's son, which we hear their voices at the end of the episode when she's Dr. Strange and out in her uh, apparition form. We hear the kids calling. So they're still alive in some way. So that's where I think the Mephisto or the nightmare thing is going to happen. I think okay. now it's going to tie into where uh, I know I'm hopping ahead a little bit. Maybe I should back up before we, we get into those theories. You want me to? Yeah, wait, actually, I have a good question to ask you for that. Yeah. So kick it back to me before you go into it. Yeah, so real quick, um, you know, Evan Peters, that was super disappointing. Uh, really didn't like that. It felt like it, it was a cop-out with Monica at the end. Um, you know, she stops Hayward from killing the kids. And let's talk about another major gripe, because I just thought about this, how Hayward has always has been like, all right, yeah, this guy's probably a bad guy, but we've even said from the beginning, like, you know, there's probably a reason. You know, they're probably going to show a flashback. They never did. Yeah. He is a totally – he's playing a whole different character in this episode. It's like they crossed the line. It's almost like they didn't show like three episodes leading up to this. And he just looks like a <laughs> like, you know, uh, yeah. mustache. There's like a, uh, you know, they, they did the, the episode of Wanda's flashback, you know, the second to last one. And there wasn't the Hayward. They're like, oh, we totally forgot the Hayward flashback yeah. episode. And oh. now all of a sudden he's like, you know what's wrong, Jimmy? You don't have enough vision. And I'm like, ah, oh, all right. And then, and then Darcy comes in for a hot second just to say that she's still in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the, the sword stuff and Evan Peters are my biggest two gripes with this series. I will say, yeah. I'll say that. Understandable. Again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe they they did that for a reason, you know, maybe it's something that's, we're going to get those. Cool it's going, it's going to, because to they're not going to waste all their big guns on a TV series. I don't yeah. care if it's Disney plus, I don't care if they're trying to say that these are movies, you can see that these shows are just going to be little episode snapshots to basically fill in the gaps between sequels. That's the best way I can put it. Yep. You know? No, and I, I agree. I, let's, I'll be honest. I'm more excited about the next Marvel movie because of WandaVision. And yeah. I'm sure you feel similar, and I'm sure majority of I mean, dude, Marvel they've already fans. shot Doctor Strange, and that stuff, it was, like, under the radar. There's been no sets. There's been nothing. Like, no announcements, no nothing, dude. So it's, like, yeah. it's crazy. Or they're just shooting it, whatever the case is. Um, so let's get back to the good stuff. So uh, Wanda and Agatha are fighting, right? So Wanda's, you know, I don't want this power. Take it. And Agatha's trying to take it from her, kind of her thing. We find out that the book is the Darkhold. 
mm. that, was, that was stolen from Doctor Strange's uh, place, which is dope. That is an awesome callback. Um, also caused a lot of friction because uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways used the Darkhold a lot in their last couple seasons and yeah. it looked completely different so people were speculating what it could be or whatever so they are officially saying that agents of shield and everything up to this point is officially like cut off it's not even a thought like with colson and all that stuff yeah yeah which you know i feel like deep down it's, we all kind of knew that yeah it's a good thing i mean i would love it's to see colson come back but they had yeah, to tie the, tie the knot there Exactly. So, um, so we see Wanda and Agatha fighting, and uh, we see her blast and her power, and then she ends up getting drained. She's just about to give up, and we find it's just a facade. Gotcha. It's just another illusion, and we start. It, so this was a great callback. The protection symbols everywhere. Yeah. That was awesome, man. This is really where it started getting like this is a cinematic experience that I'm watching right now. Yeah. I, I felt like for the first time since we, you know, we've been talking about this a lot. For the first time, I felt like I was like in the theater for a little. I'm like, "Oh, dude, what is going on?" So that pops out, and then we finally see her suit up as the Scarlet Witch, dude. Took the how did you how did you feel about yeah. the costume? I, well, and that's the thing. This whole thing led up to her getting the costume. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, you know, I've seen so many people cosplay the costume, and I think Elizabeth Olsen does a lot better than the people I've seen on the internet. So, uh, but yeah, no, I was. Very impressed with how they, they wrapped all this up. Uh, I like the, you know, we were, were complaining about the, they don't ever call her the Scarlet Witch. And it turns out they're doing that for a reason. And that's like a really cool thing. And, um, you know, this question of will she fully embrace it? Will she not is out there. And I think that's going to, you know, really play into the rest of it. Um, but so here, let me uh, ask you my question that I think ties us up pretty well. Give me like your line graph of the percent that you believed Wanda to be the, the big bad between the beginning of the, the season, you know, maybe midway leading into the finale, the, after the finale. And then honestly, after that post credit scene where you see her, you know, leafing through the, the Scarlet Witch book. Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning, I think it was completely wide open. I think, uh, you know, I was having a lot of faith that uh, there was going to be a big bad. And then, but probably around, probably around like episode four or five is kind of when I realized it was going to be Agatha. Like, I really, I kind of figured out it was going to be her once the Malcolm in the Middle thing came. Okay. Uh, just because when they, you know, showed Naughty on the thing, I'm like, all right. And the reason why Agatha was in the, the opening credits i'm like there's a reason why um so kind of figured she was going to be working for somebody the entire time so yeah i mean i think when uh when she said it's all wanda i think my mind kind of went to like 75 80 percent chance that yeah it's probably wanda okay and if you so now that you know this and you've again do you feel following i think it was very ominous where they showed wanda leaping through this book after we just learned that the person leafing through this book is supposed to end all of mankind. Yeah. And you thought by the end of the episode, okay, she's denying this, staying away from it. Post credit scene. Oh wait, maybe not. Like, are we about to see Wanda Maximoff be the bad guy in uh, a movie coming up? Uh, yes. I think she's going to have an arc uh, very strongly. So I think what, uh, what's going to happen in Dr. Strange two 
is uh, obviously the multiverse is going to be going down. And I think that's where Evan Peters comes in. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, just, it makes sense. I think that's what's going to happen. And I think Scarlet Witch obviously is going to be involved with that, but it's going to be about her trying to find her kids. So there has been a theory that um, Nightmare it has her kids because it was technically like a nightmare scenario. So I know we've talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. Uh, but I guess, uh, you know, moving forward, I think she's going to, you know, they like to kind of do arcs with characters. Like they did it with the Hulk over like Thor and um, and a couple other movies and, uh, you know, Infinity War and whatever. So now I think this is Wanda's arc. I think this is gotcha. kicking off. Okay. She's officially the Scarlet Witch. Let's see. She has, because right now, dude, she's kind of a fugitive. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's very reminiscent of uh, the Hulk, in my yeah, opinion. I, I agree with the cabin and everything like that. So uh, she's going to go off the deep end because there's yeah, no way I, that they say she's an, she's going to be chaos and it doesn't happen. We're, we're a movie away from her being the reason that the day saved uh, another movie away from her being the reason why the day wasn't saved. And then a third movie away from her being the bad person trying to ruin the day. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and I mean, what would be crazy is if they just, they put her as the villain in Dr. Strange and this whole thing was setting her up as the villain Ooh, in Dr. Strange. Maybe. Because she said it multiple times, maybe I am the villain. And at the end, she doesn't even apologize to these people, dude. Yeah, she just does her thing and walks yeah, away. And just bounces. And yeah. like that that bugged me. And it also bugged me that Agatha was drawn to the level of power that was being exhumed from Wanda. You're going to tell me Doctor Strange wasn't either? Come on, man. Like, no, Strangers at Bleecker Street having some pizza, bro. All right, couldn't go down to first of South all, Jersey. Agatha could, could have been across the world, could have been across the country. Strange is like 45 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like, there's not a lot of trains to that area of Jersey. Really? Okay? Come on, man. Like, If he can notice that Loki all of a sudden like lands on Earth and has to grab, come on, come on. <laughs> so that's what also was a cop out. They were like, yeah, you know, we tried to get Doctor Strange. It just didn't work. I just... Wait, real quick. I hope that they do a um, Don Cheadle explanation to start Doctor Strange. And <laughs> he just like, oh, I was, I took a huge nap during that. <laughs> it was a week and sorry, totally missed everything. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, I mean, that I, I know I'm kind of pointing out gripes because we're spoiled, but overall, really like the costume. I liked where they set up moving forward. Uh, <clears throat> I did, um, you know, I'm not too pumped for Secret Invasion, to be honest with you, with Monica going up. I'm like, we'll see. You know, the scrolls aren't really that interesting to me, but, um, no, nah, I mean, I'm in dude. I, I like I said, yeah, this was, this be- was great. I'm, I'm impressed. You yep. know, this is, it's gotta be hard to transition from a movie like this to a TV show. You always see the opposite happen and they, they did, they knocked it yep. out of the park. Yeah. The fact that we have these gripes, just again, you said it so well, we're spoiled. You know, this is, this show is an 8.2 on IMDb. I fully agree with that. Maybe even up to like 8.5 for me. Yeah. That that's dynamite tv right there like that's the stuff you always watch so like dude if hbo would have dropped this like 15 years ago or something like this it would have been the biggest show or whatever it is oh yeah no doubt i mean uh so no it's it's cool and then i guess uh you know moving forward i guess they're gonna see what's really gonna stick the landing for me is doctor strange 2 and spider-man just to just to see if this is all like like you know once we see how it all connects you know if it's just like a one-off thing which you know to a certain extent i think it may be um, i think they might try to get you and they might not connect this you know maybe obviously connected some with uh, dr strange because it seems that's the direction you want to go but maybe they're they're going to force you to really ask a lot of questions and you, they're not going to get the answers for another two three movies no, yeah four, i mean look, three look tv shows look, look at this dr strange came out in 2016 and five years later we just find out what that book was, that was yeah exactly you know 
So good, great example. Uh, so I guess moving forward also, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier drops next week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel like they've, they've done a weird job marketing it, but the last trailer got me freaking hyped. Like, <laughs> so I've been trying like not to watch it. Going crazy. I don't even think I watched the last trailer. I think I watched the only the first one. Yeah, they did the, the Super Bowl spot was like, okay, like this yeah. is, I forgot, you forgot they have Falcon Winter Soldier, but the last one, I was just like, whoa, like, yeah, yeah they're going right. to yeah, kick not, some butt. I'm Weird. not watching it. I'm not okay. watching it. Okay, all right. Well, it's, it's launching, what, next week, next yeah. Friday? Yeah, so I'm super pumped for it. Obviously, I'm going to be very tired from uh, Snyder Cut the night before. <clears throat> I get, and uh, I got to watch that all in one setting. I don't know how I don't. Thor, I just assume that you're going to be one of the people that logged into HBO Max when they accidentally released Snyder Cut. And you Bro, like, you we... have no idea what I did last night. Was, well, hours. first of all, if I had any interest, in, I knew I should have watched Tom and Jerry. So, <laughs> so HBO Max, which I don't think they, I think somebody did it on purpose. I don't think it was like an error. Somebody definitely was like, yeah, I'm just going to launch this. So yeah. basically everybody that went on to watch Tom and Jerry a few nights ago, I guess at like, you know, eight to 10 PM, whatever it was, uh, got hit with an error message and then all of a sudden justice league started playing so there's a lot of people that saw the first hour or two of justice league already wow disappointing not you man i thought you were a fan but i guess not yeah clearly i can't be on top of it that much but now i wouldn't even i wouldn't know because i would be so pissed off that i would have to stop watching and i'm like really i gotta keep going so uh no super pumped for that falcon winter soldier is this gonna be as popular like has wandavision it's definitely set the bar yeah, for sure. I think right. that it I think it will be. I think it might even be more popular because again, like I said earlier, like this is more in line with what the Mar like what we're used to with Marvel. We're not used to the mis- mystique. We're not used to magic. We you know, we're used to Captain America punching people in the face and not, you know, Tony Stark hitting people with blast of uh, you know, of whatever it is. And right. you know, that we didn't get that. We kept saying that we thought the last two episodes were going to be all action in WandaVision. And let's face it, there was like 15 minutes of action in WandaVision total. So yep. I think they're going to make up a lot of this in the next one. Yeah, I hope so, man. So, um, you know, amped about that. Obviously, we will be doing weekly reviews or you know, catching up with that. Um, so, dude, we actually had something else happen this weekend that we did a short preview for last week. Um, and here we are hopping into some. Yeah, we'll, we'll play with a little round ball, a little basketball action. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend was this weekend, kind of. It was Sunday. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it was so anticlimactic, man. It was, uh, you know, I think they, you know, I, I went in with low expectations and were kind of upset that they're doing it. I thought they did do a good job, and I thought that, you know, it, they, they knew it's weird, and they just kind of said, hey, this is going to be weird. Everyone kind of accepted, and they did. And, uh, I mean – Oh man, I keep burping over here. Sorry. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, I, I will get in. I want to get into the actual game first, uh, but we can get into the the fun other stuff later. Are you? So the big thing is like this is a, now a basketball game. Before it was a you know run up and down the court and dunk as as hard as you can game. Now it's like people play defense. People were playing with intensity. Eh, it's still kind of run up and down. There's not a lot Listen, of defense. There's from there's defense in the third and fourth quarter. Dude, those first two quarters. I, I would I would argue the first quarter there was plenty of defense. How many? Th- I saw Zion, so many guys go up for a and literally like if they were going up for a dunk, they're not even trying. Well, that's the thing. So in the past, it's like if you got beat, it was over. Let that person score. Now it's like if you get beat, no, it's not over. You could still. Zion's a good example. Zion had four dunk attempts in his first five shots, and three of them were like well defended. And it's like that never happens. I remember somebody like almost broke up a fast break, and it's like 
there's a fast break in all-star game the other team doesn't make it past the the midcourt line now suddenly they're they're playing defense so it's like it's a new kind of game i don't know if i love it i don't know if i hate it like i so well do you remember the old all-star games where it's like the game was out of reach and they basically had like a minute and a half and it just turned into a dunk contest for all these you know all-stars that don't participate in the dunk contest we'll never get that again because they're playing each quarter like its own game and you know the final quarter to a certain score so part of me is a little upset about that you know no one's ever no one's trying to throw it off the backboard and t-mac dunk it anymore first dude you literally just took words right ah god well because dude i got t-mac on the brain because i'm back in 2k baby i'm in okay i'm in t-mac i'm I'm back i got the t-mac card rocking it one all-star game and you get hyped about basketball again i like it Yes. Well, no, I've been playing NBA as well, but like up to the all-star game, I'm like, dude, yeah, this is getting good. But I do. Tracy McGrady's just my, he's just my, uh, my favorite player ever, man. He was, he's just dope. Literally the longest arms ever, but him pretty hyped about whoever threw on the the T-Mac jersey and I was pretty, the T-Mac dunk. I don't even, I don't remember what the dunk was. was. Yeah, it wasn't great. It was like, they. but that's the thing. You can't throw on the T-Mac Raptors jersey and then not throw down a T-Mac dunk. Yeah, and I don't, I don't even know, remember what T-Mac did in the uh, dunk contest. Also, just throw the Carter jersey on and do a Carter dunk. I know. I, was, I thought he was about to throw his arm in the rim, and I was going to be so hyped about that it. That would have been cool. But, yeah, I mean, like I told you, dude, first, uh, first All-Star game I really paid attention to was when T-Mac threw it off the backboard, and that was the sickest thing I'd seen. Up oh, there. yeah. I, was, I beat you by probably five years, and every year before that, T-Mac, it was like an All-Star tradition that at some point T-Mac was going to beat his man – Throw up it off the backboard, you'd be like, what kind of shot? Oh, my God, oh what a dog. He, if he didn't get hurt, man, I mean, I still think he is definitely, yeah. uh, you know, considered one of the best shooting guards of all time. But, uh, like, dude, he could have been, like, top ten. Man. Yeah, he changed the game. I mean, yeah. You know, He's, shooting guards became – A 6'8 shooting guard. Yeah, you could be tall and be a shooting guard because of D-back. Oh, dude. Like, you can't even – you know, you can't even build, you know, created players that are as good as him because it's so off the charts and freakish. Uh, but, no, I uh, – you know, I guess going into this – you know, I don't know how I feel about the winning a quarter thing and like topping out at, a, at points and things like that. But, you know, I always think, OK, what's the alternative? Do they just play a straight game because they've done that in the past? So yeah. I, I like how they're trying to differentiate. I, I would rather this compared to the 180 to 170 point games yeah. that we were dealing with because it was just ugly basketball. Like now mm-hmm. it's like, OK, they're, they're trying. Uh, yeah. So the this is called the uh, I don't know the second word, the Elam uh, strategy and basically. Mm-hmm you play to a certain number at the end of the game to keep it tight and make sure that like you're, you win on a, on a basket, but basically. So, so yeah, you, you do like it. You don't like it. What are your thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. I like it because there's like a goal at the end of every quarter. It's just not completely open. Um, yeah. So I liked that aspect. I mean, Le- team LeBron dominated like I thought they would. Yeah. I, so we said that, like, I remember cause we, we did it in real time where we started reading it and I was just like, Oh my God, team LeBron's going to dominate. Yeah. And then I get on the internet and everyone's like, no, actually like team Durant is the like more skilled team. And I was like, Oh man, I said this in public. I really hope that we're not, <laughs> we don't get killed because team Durant goes off and uh, LeBron wins by 20. So great. I mean, Thanks, LeBron. it's science, dude. Look at that squad. It's science. it's science. <laughs> but I have to say, man, I, one of my new, my new favorite players, which he's been dope for a while, Damian Lillard, man, Dame time. He is, he's uh, on a whole nother shooting level. Him and Curry. Say, yeah. So I'll say, like, the first time either him or Curry pulled up from half court, I was like, oh, they're really going to do this. 
And then they did it five more times and they made four of the shots. And I was like, this is amazing. I hope they do this every single game going forward. Yeah. Like unbelievable. You know, I, I, I could take a hundred half court shots and make three of them. These guys made four in five shots. Like it's that's crazy. unbelievable. That's great. It's, it's like, you know, they're going to be shooting past the half court line. Eventually it's yeah, exactly six, a six be... point shot from the other person's court. Yeah. Can you, can you make it from the other free throw line? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I can. And then they, they'll shoot that and they'll make four of six. And we'll be like, these guys are unbelievable. Ugh, that's it. it's so it. nuts. Yeah, it's so nuts. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I dug it. It was cool. Like I I kind of they kind of lost me towards like the third and the fourth just because LeBron's team was was kicking their butts. That's it was I mean. also they should have started this an hour earlier. I was yeah. like legit tired. Like oh, dude, Sunday no, night. I don't want to have to be dealing with this. Can we talk about how Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid both just get just screwed by not going to the All Star game this year? It's because they want to look fresh and get their haircut right before. <laughs> All they wanted to do. I just think that. Well, so I, this brought up, of course, to the you know the two Sixers. I'm like, all right, thanks guys. Yeah, the, yeah I really wanted to watch Joel and B play. But the one thing I was thinking about was, and I guess this goes for like the NFL with the Pro Bowl too. All right, let's say like all right, Simmons and Embiid are All Stars, right? But then also Conley came in to sub out for Simmons, so. Like they, Conley came in to sub out for Devin Booker. Devin Booker. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say yeah. that. You know, but like you had a sub in for Simmons and a sub in for Embiid. Whether it was Sabonis, maybe it wasn't Sabonis. No, so they didn't add. A, that was a problem. It happened the morning of, so they didn't have time to bring someone in, get them through check, you know, check up, and put them on the court. So they basically were just like both, and they just got lucky that both teams well, no. had one of the guys. Well, Mike Mike Conley was an All Star, but yeah, we yeah. yeah so Conley him. got brought in for Booker, who was you know said that he wasn't going four days beforehand so we had time gotcha. to get covid tested and all gotcha, that gotcha, and gotcha, that's gotcha. a bonus came in for um anthony davis who they knew wasn't going to play once they announced the team so yeah all right so but i guess overarching question just for my own future reference let's sure. say that let's say that happens and they bring other two other people in like does that take away simmons and Embiid's all or is it just like hey no, yeah they, they would still any, call the call them all-stars they all were all-stars that year yeah like they, you know hopefully not hopefully but there might be a future where the entire two all-star teams decide not to play and they have to name 50 all-stars all right well what about the nfl so the teams i think about this all the time the teams that go to the super bowl like brady like yeah he's been in the pro bowl a bunch but if he makes the Pro Bowl and then gets subbed out because he goes to the Super Bowl, is he still a Pro Bowl player? Yeah, absolutely. Especially because okay. they have a lot of incentives and stuff tied to this stuff. There's no way that a player would pass that opportunity up. Understood. So I guess they would just they would be listed on the roster, but then have an asterisk playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I think yeah, I've seen it even before where they're like in Super Bowl and that's gotcha. Why they didn't play. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so if you redo the All Star Weekend or All Star Day night, whatever it is, uh, do you flip? Three-point shooting contest, put it into the halftime versus the dunk contest because you said it before we hopped on. You barely pay attention to the dunk contest, but at the same time, I think both of us feel that three-point contest is one of the best three-point yeah, contests. That, yeah, that three-point contest was dope. I mean, I always love – like, the three – like, I love the dunk contest, but I've been, you know, screwed – not screwed, but, like, it's been disappointing some years. Like, yeah, we've gotten yeah, really yeah. lucky some years with jumping over a Kia, and then we've had <laughs> others where it's just like, hmm. Well, I think we were at the point where we were like giving up on the dunk contest, and then the Zach Levine, uh, Aaron Gordon, yeah, yes. happened. And well, we're like, oh my gosh, maybe there are new dunks that can be. Can well, no, it, it did it once they started trying to change the format. And remember, John Wall won the one year, and it was like the most anticlimactic thing when he won because it was like they tied or whatever, or he, you know, he got one extra dunk, and then it was just like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's over, it's yeah. over. Okay, cool. Uh, so I think after that, but yeah, Levine and Aaron Gordon definitely brought it back. Yeah, because I feel like at that point we're just kind of like they're they've done all the dunks. We're not going to see anything new. And then Levine and Gordon each Derek Jones three too, man, brand new dunks. 
Derek Jones had some. You, dude, only, you only just love Derek Jones, so that's why you say. I do love Derek Jones, but yeah, he, come on, man, he tore it up. No, the, well, because you're seeing these guys who like a whole like they they're so like their arms are so long to where it just looks like they're just you know just cradling the ball everywhere, and it's so much easier yeah. for them to do stuff. I'm wondering if uh, we're going to see a dunk contest soon, which I'm not totally against. But like um, the first dunk by Simons, he, you know, he put it in the in the like at the top of the the uh, the box on the backboard. Yeah, grabbed it from there, just threw that down. I wonder how far we are from this becoming like a a uh, high jump competition where just like they do the same thing and they just keep bringing that ball up higher and higher. You got to jump higher and higher, pull it off that thing and dunk it, and see who can you know basically touch the top of the backboard before they dunk it. Yeah, those dunks always, you know, they're the ones that don't look good when they're happening in real time. But then they go to the the uh, the replay, and you're like, "Wow, that man really got up there. That's crazy." So two things with that. So I'm totally with you, but like, you know, it reminds me of when Dwight Howard was doing his his contest, yeah. and remember when he raised it like a 15 foot net? Yeah, or whatever, I, and I thought that was back awesome. And he threw it there, or the uh, yeah. the birthday candle. What he blew that out. That was a surge, but uh, no, yeah, I know what you're saying. The one you're talking about, he did. He brought it up to like 12 and a half feet, and. Uh, Slot backboard, threw it down, yeah. and I, I thought that was awesome. You know? Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. So, but like with that, okay, you showed like Anthony Simons what he won on the one where he kissed the rim, but dude, he was nowhere near the rim. Uh, listen, I I've been going back and forth on this. I give him I give him a pass because he would have just slammed his face. I know, but they kept, like they kept showing it over and over, and like this is the dunk he won on, and I'm like, well, he didn't even do it. Yeah, well, you got to give him props, man. You think he, he could didn't ever do get it, your, though. You, could, you think you would be able to get your lips to a 10-foot rim? Like, I could barely get my hand to well, a then don't, foot rim. Then don't say, I'm going to kiss the rim. Oh, he didn't. I mean, he just he blew a kiss at the rim to, like, show what happened. And then they went to the replay, and everyone's like, oh, that was pretty cool. That was awesome. I was I was. Listen, I agree. Had he slammed his face into the rim, lost four teeth in the process, yeah, come and then dunked on. it, would have given him a 55. You know what? Bro. Jump higher, man. I would have given like him – I would have let him win next year's dunk contest too. But yeah. I appreciate that he didn't hurt himself. Well, so all in all, like, you know, I, I thought the OB top in one wasn't bad. Like, he didn't have a bad dunk. Like, there was some okay, but it was nothing like years past. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think they did this on purpose. You know, they brought the people that, in, that they brought in, and they gave them quick dunks. You know, that, that it was a relatively fast dunk contest. They – they didn't want this to be. They didn't want to be a showcase. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. So I mean, uh, moving forward, if they do the same thing next year, I would like if they reversed it. There's yeah. There's no way they're getting away from. It's just a lot there. to do in one night, man. That's yeah, the thing. You know, I agree. two night minimum, in my opinion. I, you do I've, all the I've, stuff one, and then you do the others, whatever. I've told our buddy Tommy that one of my goals is to go to one of these All Star weekends. So I definitely don't want them to go to a single night. I know. Yeah. All Star weekends expensive. Yeah, Get into but, the. Arena is like three I'm, grand. I'm so in for that. I'm so Ooh, in for that. JMU trip. Yes, sign me up, man. That honestly, that's a bucket list thing. We got to do that. I like it. All right. Uh, how'd you feel about Kenny Smith betting live on air and talking about it in his interviews to hype up <laughs> the people that he was betting on? I got you plus five hundred. <laughs> what a weird world we live in. Like this was so taboo three years ago. Now Kenny Smith is like. Oh man, uh, what's I'm, it? I Robert gotta Covington. FanDuel, I gotta look on FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Wait, Robert Covington's plus eight eight fifty. Uh, oh man, I got it. Covington, I just put so much money on you. You need to win. And, you know, Robert Covington's like, uh, I just like kind of got subbed in here. I'm just kind of hanging out. Uh, you know, I, I'm more focused family. on my charity. Yeah, I, I have family in Atlanta, so I just figured I'd come down here. But yeah, I guess uh-huh. I'll try to win for you, Kenny. Yep. And speaking of which, I did place a little wager on one Mike Conley. 
to win the three point contest. And, and I strongly dislike Seth Curry or Steph Curry. So I had only made it worse that he beat Mike Conley on the last second shot. I knew he was going to come in and tear it up, dude. He would have been the first lefty to win a three point contest. It was all getting set up. He would have gotten his own 2k card. I would have got it. It would have been all cool. But then Curry was like, you know, what? I'm going to miss the first one. I'm going to miss the second one. Now nah, I'm just messing with you guys. I'm going to hit every single one. I have yeah. Curry's such a good shooter. And then um, he just kept going during the all-star game. He's so cocky. And I'm not saying he doesn't have reason to be. It's just, it bothers me. His, his whole persona. Uh, Curry turning and just waving goodbye to everyone before Dame pulled up for the last All-Star Game shot. I love that. And he hit it, and he was just slapping hands with everyone. Now, the one thing I did think was cool, and, you know, whether Curry did it, I think a couple guys did it, was when they shoot the three, and then they turn around and they look at the crowd. That's that's really cool. I do like Um, that. I was dying because Chris Webber said, he's like, Steph, I want you to shoot the three, do a full 360, and then turn around. If he did that, I would have been on the floor. It would have been the best thing that ever happened. Yeah, man, it was fantastic. So now nah, that that was cool. Um, yeah, three point contest is always great. I I like what they're doing with the uh, with the green money balls. I feel like green they money have- ball. Yeah, the regular money balls. It's. You yeah, yeah, you you got to because the range is too far now. You and I to. love how the 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 guys who have that range hit those shots consistently, and the guys that don't have the, that range don't. Like Steph, but guess what? At the Steph, yeah. Steph is the bar yeah. in, as far oh, yeah. as three point shooting goes, and the it's only like person who crazy. can even sniff him is Clay, and they just have to be on the same team. Or KD. KD could probably say, and they all were on the same team. Oh, let's do this. What a championship. Oh, anyway. Or two. Or two. Uh, but yeah, overall, it was okay. Like, I was, you know, like, you know, lost my interest pretty quickly. The skills challenge was what it was. You know, yeah. Sabonis is just, I can't believe Sabonis is as good as he is. I think that we should have seen this coming had we paid more attention to the, the past. Because if I had it's seen. It's always a big man now. Oh, well, I, no, I was going to say, if I'd seen Sabonis got second last year, I, th- there was no doubt in my mind once they said he got second. I was like, Sabonis going to win this. Yeah. So, yeah, no, uh, yeah I hit Steph Curry and I hit Simons, and I don't remember who I said in the. But you, so I could only do the three. I only I could only do the three point contest on Fanduel. I couldn't do the dunk contest. Yeah, it was Fanduel. Did it not a great job? Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. So yeah, man, that was the NBA. We are uh, you know officially going into the second half of the season. Uh, you know, we'll obviously keep everybody posted as far as getting closer to the playoffs because we are getting closer, closer. Yeah. What are we about a month and a half away? I guess so. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's a weird year. I think it's May. They start something. Yeah, because like usually they have the the finals in June, so I feel like they're starting just a little later in May, and then it's going to be a little yep. later. Yep. So you know, <laughs> we're then we're right. Then we're right back, dude. Then we're right back in the NBA Ooh. playoffs. Here we go again. Ooh. Here we so go again. The, the podcast. In its oh, morning. here it goes. Uh, we so- do have one sport that's picking up in a in a little bit, and I'm gonna do everything I possibly can to get you on board with the MLB season <laughs> because I think it's very bizarre that the high school lacrosse player watches so much more baseball than the high school baseball player. I know, but my team's actually good. Your team is. Well, and that, you know, and I'm not going to act like I'm, you know, I, and I like to think, yeah, I'm a huge Phillies fan. It's just, yeah. I've been very, and not, you know, disappointed, I have been disappointed, but it's like the NFL and the NBA have just grabbed my attention so much more as of late. Yeah. Not even when the Eagles are, you know, when the Eagles are bad, when the Sixers were bad, I was still watching NBA and watching NFL consistently. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, baseball's refusal to update with the times. Like they're stuck in such an old school mentality. I don't, I didn't like Bud Sealy. I don't like Manfred. I don't think that I, I don't agree with a lot of the things that they're doing. And I don't like the way the game is played these days. You know, we talk about it all the time. And when we actually do talk about baseball, you know, you have these guys that, you know, they pitch four or five innings and that's pretty much an average now. And it's like, you used to see yeah. guys going seven, eight, nine, 
and I know that you're trying to take care of your bodies, but at that point, it's just like you're trying to play a numbers game. So I feel like the Billy Bean type of baseball has very much taken over. And that's why, yeah, I'll give you that, and I will agree with you there. The analytics, it's like they they did so well at the beginning of the analytics, and that idea that there's always going to be numbers, you can continue digging and continue finding the value that you need to find, but it's like they very much gotten to the end, it seems, and now they're just, you know, grasping at straws. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, you know, I have been paying attention the last couple of years and I have seen these starters get out, be pulled after five innings and then they go to these killer bullpens. So like, I don't hate this, especially because Yankees have a good bullpen and it's a good strategy for them, but it's, it is strange. Like I'm happy that they've done better about, you know, pimping home runs. Like I'm so happy when people hit home runs now because it's as entertaining to see their reaction following it as it is to see where the ball actually lands. So right. I think they are taking the right steps, but you know it's a slow game. We're, you know, to the the uh, attention span of of people watching TV these days not very long. It's not a thing that you know baseball is going to really capitalize on. So I get it, and I understand why what, what you can be a little upset with. Now the Phillies pick it up this year. Is that going to play into your you know how much you enjoy baseball? So every year, at least for the last five years, probably since they signed Harper. So maybe like three years, two years. years. Yeah, this is third year. Third year, right? Okay. Um, I'm like, dude, I'm in. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm, I'm buying MLB. I'm gonna get in because, dude, video games do help me get in more into it. Okay. Yeah. Whether, and the show's like, great. Video. And the show's awesome, right? So I'm gonna. I'll probably get the show, even though it's so hard. Every time I get it, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get really good at this. I'm really good at pitching. The hitting is so tough. Too. Yeah, I can imagine. And the other thing is what takes me out of it is that I don't know I don't know anybody anymore. I used to it know does. every roster, yeah. everything that was going on, and now it's like I have no idea who these guys are. I don't know who's good. I don't know who's bad. I, I, I 100% agree. I feel like every sport has seen turnover much quicker than what we're used to. Baseball is a whole different ball game. It's like yeah. – uh, the top 150 players year to year, it's the, the people that, that land on each of these are legit the, the top 20 top superstars. And then I have a, a, a keeper team that I inherited that I'm working through right now. And the keepers that were originally decided, I went through yesterday, like I, the guy had eight, eight keepers that he was saying, we'll keep six of them are no longer in the league. Like, yeah. That was two years ago. Like, oh, what the heck? Like, how, how am I going to, you know, my team's going to stink, but it's okay. <laughs> it's going to be um, stinky. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, I, let me let me throw some Philly questions at you because I All feel right. like uh, Reg is listening and he wants to hear about what the Phillies yeah. are going to do. But, so, yeah, to kind of, you know, overall answer your question, yeah. I'm going to be trying – like, I like, I like the squad. I love Girardi. I think that this is probably their best chance for success, in my opinion. Um, they need to put the pieces together. They're very similar to every other freaking Philadelphia team to where when they have the pieces, they need to put them together. Like it was, and now, you know, you look at the Sixers just to make a comparison, like they're putting it together. And I'm, I'm the first person to say that, you know, Simmons and Embiid needed to step up and Embiid's the bigger reason behind that. But Hey man, let's go. They're putting it together. So hopefully the Phillies can do the same thing. I'm going to try to be in, I'm going to try to support, you know, as it's nicer out, go to a Phillies game, if we can ever get out of here. So I'm in. Thor refusing to give any credit to Ben Simmons. I love it. It's my new favorite theme of this podcast. I mean, here's the deal, dude. And I told you this. Ben Simmons only puts effort in when there's t- uh, recognition on the line. When there's you're a t- Jenner watching him, yeah. Exactly. He, and, and guess <laughs> what, man? That's why when it's a, I, like when he's on TV against a big-name team, 
that's when he performs. And that's when, that's what I found from like the, the Rondo effect right there. Yeah. So, and, and it's like this whole all-star thing. He only just turned on the jets for the last three weeks. Listen, I don't want to talk about you. Ben Simmons. I, mean, I, I was, it was mostly a joke that you took personally that you're going with. But, I know. Uh, well, cause I got, I got a whole other thing going on. All right. So yeah, let's throw some questions at me, bro. All right. So Debraski, the new uh, head of baseball operations in the Phillies, he's known to come in, you know, Trade away every every pick, every young guy, bring in veterans who know how to win. And it kind of seems like he's doing the same thing with the Phillies right now. How do you feel about your new president of baseball operations? Yeah, I mean, I think they're at the point to where they're past, uh, you know, trying to build young guys up within the current lineup. Um, you know, they pretty much have a great – you know, you look at Didi, you look at Bryce, you look at Reese Hobbs, uh, Real Muto is the, is the key to everything. You know, he's the best catcher in the league, in my opinion, from my little knowledge. You know what I'm saying? So I think they have all the tools, all the pieces. Now the time that they are going to just bring in a couple of veterans, similar to like Blake Griffin signing with the Nets. It's going to like, yeah. they're just going to try to fill those gaps to where instead of necessarily having young guys on the bench to, you know, hey, maybe we have one, one out of five squeak through. It's proven guys who are going to be like, all right, we need a guy to pinch hit in this situation. This is who we're going to. Like this is, you know, you'll have two pinch hitters, lefty and righty, that are just, that's all they do. Yeah, you know, they'll DH yeah. for the American and whatever else. So, so the uh, yeah. Dembrowski effect, you know, basically this season would be if they're not in the playoffs, they're really, you know, knocking on the door of the playoffs. Do you think that that's going to happen to the Phillies this year? Yeah, I, I think they make the playoffs this year. I'm kind of in that same boat, actually. I don't know mm-hmm. why. The NL East is definitely going to probably be the best division yeah. in baseball, but I think the Phillies are going to be able to stay alive. I mean, you look at the pitching rotation, two too. Wheeler's a huge addition. Wheeler's us. huge. Noah is great. You know, yep. that, those are two aces right there. And then yep. the guys that they filled in, uh, what's his name? Dylan Moore. I have freaking, like, I Dylan Moore used to be on the Rays mm-hmm. in, like, 2010. I yeah, have I nightmares that. of that guy. Or Matt Moore, not Matt Moore. Not Matt Moore. Moore. Yeah, yep. yeah. Lefty. But, yeah, Matt Moore, like, would just carve the Yankees up, and I'm just petrified that he's about to do that again. You know, he's yeah. been out of the league for two years, so hopefully it won't happen. But, yeah, yeah. I, I get why you're, why you're excited. They brought in a lot of people into that bullpen, which is great. Uh, Archie uh, – I'm blanking on the name now. Yeah, I don't know. Archie something, and he, he was one of the best relievers last year. Uh, and then they brought in that new closer who's supposed to be pretty good. So, I think so, too. I'm, I'm excited for the Phillies for you. Uh, are you worried about Bryce Harper being the best player on this team? And, you know, you said Real Muto is the key to, to success, but hard to say Harper's not the best player. You know, is Washington won a World Series the year after he left? Are you worried that Phillies aren't going to be able to do this for another 11 years? Here's my concern is that, you know, he's very streaky. It's, he's historically, it takes him a while to get ramped up. Once he gets ramped up, it's good. But, you know, uh, I'm hoping this season is going to be a little bit more normalcy. But, I mean, he hasn't had MVP stats since, like, 15, when he won the MVP or whatever it was, 15 or 16. Yeah. So, he needs to get, like, at that point, he was hitting, like, 320 that year or something like that. Yeah, and I think that was, crazy. it was crazy, right? And he had, like, 150 RBIs or close to it or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, uh, WRC Plus is, like, one of the best batting advanced stats right now and he, he like 100's the average and i'm pretty sure he was doing like 185 that year like yeah, something so, unbelievable right so i mean since then he's you know sitting around the 260 to 280 range which i mean that's not terrible that's like ryan howard status of back in the day but he's gotta he's gotta step it up man if he wants if he wants to be an mvp candidate if he wants to be a leader of this team he's gotta hit 290 plus at least 30 35 home runs 120 rbis like He's going to have to be that guy because there's no reason he shouldn't be. You got Hoskins, who's a big bat, like we just talked about. That two through six, that two through seven, 
that's a lot of protection, man. So yeah. it's not, you know, so I, I think I don't want to see him batting lead off. I don't want to see him. Maybe the two or three spot is probably yeah. where, where Makes he's going to live. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How do you feel about the Phillies basically being Yankees light at this point? Yeah. yeah it's kind of like a Yankees light, which <laughs> I don't hate it, man. I mean, you won how many championships? 20, what? How many are you guys? Well, I was saying like 20? legit the, the current roster of, you know, Girardi, Didi. Oh, I know. McCutcheon. Yeah. T- yeah. Ronald oh, McCutcheon is awesome, man. He has, embraced Phil- he has embraced Philly so much. He's definitely one of my favorite Phillies. Listen, McCutcheon could be dropped on to planet Mars and the Martians would all grow their hair out in dreads because he fit in so well. They all would be like, he needs the dreads back. That kind of guy. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, that those are my Philly questions. Uh, I just, I just want you to be excited, man. I want to be able to talk some baseball. I know, I know. They give all Pete right. what he wants when he listens to the pod, bro. Yeah. All right. So from like the little Yankee stuff, I know. I'll just, I'll ask you just more in general, like sure. with uh, with the Yankees. I guess what's your biggest concern, and do you think that they have the best lineup in baseball? Uh, they're one through nine. I think is the best lineup in baseball. I do think that the the um, Dodgers could could possibly be a little bit better, but it is one one a if it is that case. Uh, they're talking, you know, it's possible that Gary Sanchez is going to be hitting six or seven eight nine area, yeah, and yeah. it seems that Clint Frazier, who could be a cleanup hitter for, you know, three quarters of the league, is going to be hitting in that same area. So, I definitely think they have the best uh, uh, lineup. Yeah, lineup. And then the rotation, the rotation is the question for me. You know, they're bringing in a lot of question marks that are hoping they can catch lightning in a bottle. Um, you know, so far through spring training, it seems like they, they're catching it more than they're missing it. But these guys are, you know, um, Corey Kluber and Italian, these are people who their arms could stop working any minute now, and I wouldn't be terribly surprised. So yeah. That's a big question. Uh, it's also just like the mentality. I feel like the Yankees the last couple of years have just had the, you know, the 2017 year was that no one saw it coming. This is amazing. The last two years have been like, everyone sees it coming. Why aren't they performing now? And I think this year is the year where they come in and they're focused and they're just ready to go. I, uh, I'm going to make my a prediction on it. I'm going to say the Yankees start at a toward pace. We're looking at like uh, 20 and 5, 20 and 8 area kind of starts mm-hmm. and they're going to end up winning 100 games this year so all right man that would be pretty sweet i don't remember watching a yankee team winning 100 games i think maybe the 019 did but i'm not totally sure i was a little busy in 09 being a freshman in college so um, yeah it was pretty fun yeah yeah so but uh, the yeah most fun year of my life probably beyond excited <laughs> about this yankee season and especially with the weird year we've had Return to normalcy where I just know every single summer night, if I have nothing to do, I could open the window, flip on the Yankees, and I have three hours of something to do then. So, yeah, man. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So, do you think it's, um, you think it's Yankees Dodgers in the series again? I think so. I think it's going to be the Yankees Dodgers. I think we're going to full blown seven games, and I think it's going to be, you know, uh, Clayton Kershaw versus Garrett Cole. They're going to bring in their they're the second best starter to relieve them, and then it's really going to come down to that game. This is going to be I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be the kind of season that um, Manfred would want and would die for. So no, it's going to be this amazing season. Then they're going to have labor issues, and they're going to lock out of the 2022 season or 2023 season, whenever it's coming up. But leading up to that, you know, this is how the, the players get their leverage. They have these awesome World Series that, that bring in the, the numbers and they have the, the, the viewership that they need. Then they get to say, hey, owners, you got to pay us more. The owners, you got to do better. So 
the only thing that they can do is have a kind of season like that. So hopefully, because I, I I'm team I'm always gonna be team players because you know I'm not a billionaire and I don't yeah I'm to, I'm to always team players in this and so, so I yeah I but you do you think that they stay at that number three spot in like the big four as far as popularity unless they make some major you know change no, I'm not saying major changes to the game but what can they oh uh, I thought you were talking Yankees I'm like I'm pretty sure they're either one or two I know I'm sorry <laughs> if no, I was clear, not, yeah I'm talking about baseball like in terms of NFL obviously NFL is number one NBA yeah definitely number two at this point. I think, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think – I don't see hockey jumping baseball, but I definitely don't see baseball jumping basketball. So, it'll continue mm-hmm. being number three. There's a future where it's not number three. There's a future where it's not even top five, and it's definitely not America's pastime. But we're not it's quite not, there yet. So It's not football. We'll it see. Is, man. It's the, it, it is. Like, there's no way you can't say that at this point. I don't know. I didn't play football growing up, but I played a year of baseball. What? Yeah, but, I mean, I talk America's pastime is like what everybody is watching on a consistent basis together at this point. Like, it, you know, and around here, people still do love Phillies games, but that's really for the majority of the tailgate. That's what, you know, the tailgates are. Because <laughs> Philly, people from Philly just love getting wasted. <laughs> dude, I'll, dude, Philly tailgates are up there, man. Yeah, throwing it's batteries at Santa Claus. Oh, my God, dude. All right. only, man, let's not go. No, no, it's also the guy who <laughs> stuck his finger down his throat and threw up on that little girl at the Phillies game, so. What are you talking about? Man? Oh, dude, that happened in our lifetime. I will always remember it. This is like the dad basically like turned around and was like, sir, you need to calm down. Like my daughter's here. And the guy just stuck his finger down his throat and puked off. This little yeah, girl got thrown out of the Philly stadium for life. <laughs> Ew, man. I don't want to be talking about that right now. Those are your people, bro. Not mine. I'm just hey, you know. dude. I, that's probably somebody from Delco. Um, All right. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about that, actually. <laughs> dude, dude, you know that's, that's what's going on. Uh, uh, all right. A few MLB-wide questions I want to throw by you. Yep, Thornton from the hip. Come on, let's close Thornton this from the strong. hip. How do you feel the – how much of a drop-up of the crap that the Astros are going to get this year compared to what could have happened last year? What, They're going like, to get shiitake mushrooms for the next five years at least. But are, how bad is it going to be compared to what could have happened last year? That's the, the question here. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be as bad as last year. And last year wasn't that bad, so. Well, there's no one in the in – the, stand so well i'm more talking about like the teams themselves yeah so i'm talking about the fans had fans been there last year how much worse would have been last year compared to how bad it's going to be this year i'm going to say it's like going to be a solid 40 percent decrease like people have been very no one's really talking about the astros anymore because you know what just went through a uh, century once in a century pandemic so that's kind of more on people's minds and I'm pissed because I it, feel like they're gonna the, get away. Yeah, and, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be a thirty for thirty. There's gonna be a documentary about it. Uh, you know, there will be at Yankee Stadium when the <laughs> Astros come and visit, and I am going to be screaming. My and that's off. the thing. How like how you see when I um his name's escaping escaping me. Who hit the uh the win the home run? And he said, "Don't take off my shirt. Don't touch my shirt. Don't t-. come on. Like how much more obvious could that be, man?" What exploit and the the whole apology? I still remember watching that. It like it's it 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 was like watching a train wreck. Like it's it, it's yeah. so bad, but you like have to look. And everybody was just like, "Yeah, this is ridiculous. This is so far." And then Manfred, nothing, nothing, dude. Yeah. Lo- oh, yeah. Like that's kind of tell you what. You get back to the original point we brought up. Why in the in the zeitgeist <laughs> that this is like this. Because it's very clear how flawed baseball is. I mean, they're, everything's flawed. Don't get me wrong. But, like, everything is so old school, like, Illuminati, like, behind closed yeah. door stuff. And it's like – There's ugh. too many unwritten secrets in baseball that they should just write, you know. Say, use pine exactly. tar as long as you're not getting out of control with it, you know. 
uh, steal signs as long as it's not being done. Just with, talk with about TV. it. Yeah, exactly. Like, stop pretending this isn't happening. And just, you know, we're, we're, uh, the, the sports fan of today is too smart for the way that they're being And everything's on camera. Yeah. Everything's yeah. on camera. It doesn't, you know what I mean? You can't do this anymore. I, I always remember the game. Pineda is up in Boston for the Yankees, and he just has this weird black, black, and, you know, Pineda's a very dark guy, and you yeah. can see this giant black mark on his neck, and everyone's like, well, that's clearly Pine Tar, and he keeps yeah. grabbing his neck. So, like, right. it's clear he's cheating, and no one said anything until, like, the eight, sixth inning, and then they threw him out. And it's like, well, like, why, why are we doing this? Like, it was very clear. Every, this is all I was tweeted about for the first five innings, and suddenly they decided it was a problem. We had to kick him out. So. Yeah. So let's, it, uh... let's let, if, It's not cheating anymore. If everyone's doing it, it's not cheating. Let's just bring it to light and leave it at that. Right. And like, you know, that can, you know, I don't want to get into the steroids talk, but that's a whole nother argument. It's like, if everybody's doing it, if everybody's doing one thing, you know, and clearly there's, I just, you know, don't go, don't take off my shirt. Don't do it. I'm like, Oh, come on. It bothers me so much. I man. can't wait to be in Yankee stadium when the Astros show up. All right. My last question for you before we can sign off. It's for some of our boys in the group text, including our good friend Pete, who has become the biggest Mets fan ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You think the Mets are for real? And I ask mostly because Pete has this Jokic MVP Mets World Series parlay that I, every third day, I jump to the other side deciding if I like it or not. Today, I think I like it a little bit. Yeah, but you know why? You know what I think loses that? Yeah, okay, the Mets could come out because that's completely like, dude, you don't know. Like, they could be, you know, tear it up and be the best team in the league. You're not going to say Pete's MVP. I'm not going to say Embiid's the MVP. I'm oh, okay. Saying, all right. Nice. I'm what, saying joking. I don't think he's the MVP. Okay. All right. All right. I, no, I, I would take the field is what I'm okay. saying against gotcha. him. But Embiid right, but, is the MVP. <laughs> just, he just overtook Tell me he's uh, not. LeBron. Tell me he's not. He just took over LeBron for the, the betting odds. So, okay. Know, America thinks he is. All right. So, he's averaging over 30, man. He's carrying that squad. How do, you, how do you feel about the Mets? Do you think that they are for real? you think Lindor is the answer? Uh, honestly, man, I'm not intelligent enough to speak too much gotcha. on the Mets. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I do. Um, so maybe, I mean, what I'm going to, what I'm going to say is historically the Mets have sucked and they clearly always make a wrong decision. But now that I said that they're probably going to win the world series. Uh, but if Pete's sitting on the fence between the Yankees Mets, as he tells us, we like to lie on the fence. Welcome to the fence, Pierre. Uh, There's no fence at all. Pete has... He put up a tent. He has a barbecue going, and it is in the Mets yard. Yeah, I'm going to ask him to go to Yankees game this year, and he's going to be like, I actually don't like that team that much, so I can't go. Sorry, Harry. Yeah, he, I'm telling you, he's going to you know, have in, uh, a reversible Yankees Mets jersey. And we're now we're going to bring him on again just so he can, he can speak Defense. to it. And <laughs> yeah, someone's going to see him in the, the half jersey where one side's the Mets and one side's the Yankees. They're going to be like, oh, do you have sons on both teams? He's going to be like, uh, no, I just can't decide who I like. <laughs> No, I just like the, I like both teams. Is that okay? Back off, man. Everyone's going to know it's not okay. It's going to be like a 10-year-old girl. <laughs> that's why I can't bring Pete to Yankee Stadium. And this why can't have, right, and this is why we can't have nice things. So, oh, boy, dude, good Big episode. 26. Man. Big 26, the Utley episode. The LeMahieu episode. Uh, well, dude, uh, to tell all the audience out there, you know, all 30 of you. <laughs> I think we're like 27 now. So 27. let's get too all right, crazy. Let's, let's not go crazy. Now, to all people listening, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Thortis and the Hair Show. Uh, you guys know where to find us. Apple Podcasts, SoundFound, SoundFound, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcasts. I am the Thort Dude. That is the Hair Man. 
uh, dude, man, do you have any words of wisdom for the crowd before we, uh, man, dude, I do not, but thank you listeners for listening in. Who loves orange soda? Kale loves orange soda. Dude, I was watching Kenny and Kale the other night. All right, people, we are getting out of here. All right, peace. Adios. So we're going to Kenny and Kale reboot our Paramount Plus. Keenan Thompson is too. I think it's. Yeah, Keenan. Doesn't work out.